0: Enter the bowl of vastness that is the heart, and listen to the song that is always resonating. Give yourself to it with total abandon, quiet ecstasy is here, and a steady regal sense of resting in the perfect spot.
1: Welcome everyone, I'm Sam Sebastian, and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode, I am joined by my friend Katie Riley. Uh, She's a human committed to being in her heart and in integrity, as uh, she put it. Uh, You know, this conversation is just full of, in my opinion, teachings and um, it's really honest, open conversation. Uh, She shares a bit about her process this year and how work had originally been planned out for over a year and everything had to change um, like many others in this world have experienced. But in this uh, great pause, she's been speaking about this process of going through the heroine's journey, which is the female archetypal um, journey that Carl Jung speaks to and how she's Being in the descending part of the journey, so kind of coming to this deeper level of integrity for herself and uh, just kind of looking at how uh, a lot of what she was doing before there was a performance aspect and kind of being a certain role, being put on a pedestal as a teacher and kind of putting herself in a box. Uh, so I'm really honored to have had this opportunity to speak with her and uh, excited for all of you to hear about her process and, and some of the teachings that she shares with all of us in this episode. Well, welcome everyone. I'm joined today with my friend Katie Riley and, you know, i Usually introduce people in a way that kind of shares a little bit about them, and I'm I'm just feeling compelled to have you introduce yourself because uh, I I think you can put it into words a little more uh, hmm. concisely. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> I'm finding myself really um, struggling these days with like putting uh, putting language to like whatever it is that I'm I'm doing in the world, but I think the best summary is like. My human that's really committed to being in my heart and to honesty and connection, which feels really aligned with what this is, um, when you extended the invitation, I was like, "Oh, honest conversations, like, yeah, that's all I want to be having today." Um, and kind of always recently. so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I could tell you other things about what I do, but that feels that feels right.
1: I love that. Yeah, no, I I really that that resonates with me. And I would say, yeah, it's a unique way of of putting um, into words what what it is that you do. And and I think also, I think for myself, I I really like that because it's it's interesting in our society and our culture, uh, like asking people what they do for work is such a I don't know, there's a, a bit of a charge to it, and it's like, yeah. oh, I have to sound a certain way, and it has to mm-hmm. encompass all these things, and it's, yeah, it's, and especially with the work that you do and, and the work mm-hmm. that I'm doing, I feel like it's kind of hard to encapsulate because it it's just so many different uh, modalities and, and yeah. practices, so.
0: Yeah, totally, and I, I feel like, I don't know if you resonate with this experience, but once you start to once I start to put on like the label of what I do, especially given that like my work oftentimes is in the realms of like sexuality or Tantra or um, the heart at like the projections just come in so quickly. And before you know it, you are like in this box of what those words mean to you, but also what those words trigger in another person versus mm-hmm. actually just meeting. I'm much more interested in just meeting someone and being in the space with them and then seeing like, okay, there's a million different things in my toolbox as a healer and practitioner and all of that. But can we just actually be with each other versus all these like identities and who you want me to be and who you think I am and vice versa. Mm -hmm.
1: I think about like, I was was talking to a a couple here that I met through my, Mm -hmm. my friend and they're both retired and they're both therapists Mm -hmm. and they, they were just talking about the practices uh, that they had um, before retirement, and we were talking about how like the the modalities really help inform the work that we do, yeah. but it really it, it comes down to the relationship that we have uh, with our clients, and yeah. and that that's really what it's about is like being able to meet people and be with them in a way where they feel safe, where they feel comfortable, they mm-hmm. can. Uh, open up. And yeah, that's, I, I think that's truly where all of uh, the magic. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. <laughs> it's totally in that safety and connection. And I think like the honesty contributes to that, you know, to just that, that willingness to hold, like, this is about the relationship, not necessarily what I can do for you, but as actually connecting.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I like to just ask people how they're, they're doing really uh, in, in relations to what, what's happening currently in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've, we've talked a little bit here and there, but I haven't heard um, much of what's been happening yeah. uh, in your life since COVID started and all of the other things that are on top of that personally for you and then just within the world.
0: Mm, yeah. I want to take a second and see how I can like answer that without going into like storytelling, but actually <laughs> like, what has been going on? Because it's very hard to bend to words. Um, do you know, do you know Carl Jung's like the hero's journey, the, the archetypal hero's journey? And then there's like the heroine's journey, which is like kind of the archetypal feminine journey. <laughs> which doesn't necessarily have to be like for men and for women. It's just like an outward quest versus an inward quest. Um so I feel like I've been on that. <laughs> and I feel like I've been in the in the descending. And it's really interesting because like my life before covid started was like planned out like a year like in advance. Like there were so many things, like so many different teaching gigs and offerings and retreats and like big things happening in the business that I was running with um with my former partner Matt and and that was amazing that was really exciting and what I've come to kind of like understand through all of that stopping through our separation through this crazy quest I've been on is like how much for me, I was using my archetypal kind of like feminine energy or my heart or who I am in these very like compartmentalized ways. And where all of that doing, even though it was like beautiful work and exciting work and like really lit me up, like I've been on this descent down into like, what is the deepest level of integrity for me? And it's been this huge pulling apart of like performance and having to be a role and having to show up in a certain way and having to deal with like being put on pedestals or what it is to be the person in the front of the room and having the space to, I mean, literally have all of that stop, right? (laughs) You know, like just come to a halt and, and to really like sit and reflect and strip away and be like, who am I if I'm not? um I don't even want to call it working but like doing my job yeah you know like who am I outside of these identities and like what is the thing I'm actually in service to and so it's been crazy um am I allowed to curse on this podcast
1: totally okay yeah. cool
0: it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been, been, been fucking crazy <laughs> Oh. Uh, i'm from the east coast and like to me like f bombs are like a sacred thing like it's like punctuation it's like necessary sometimes So
1: yes <laughs> use it okay cool
0: <laughs> oh, that's really more real for me um but it's been it's been this like just incredible process of being stripped bare it's been like horrible at different parts of it. It's been like so painful and like so much grief and so much fear and like old nervous system patterns popping and And I feel like I went through this like really tiny birth canal the first like couple weeks there and got squeezed out into this space. and I've been in this space of kind of undoing and discovering and just really getting back to what feels like my roots and in personal integrity and allowing mm-hmm. a lot more of um me to be present in like all of my relationships and anything I'm teaching. And um and just really serving that bigger piece, which it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I love my work in sexuality and I love my work in Tantra and I love trauma healing and all of that. But it's actually just being for me about being in service to like life and love. And there's, a, there's some like very feminine qualities for me archetypally that that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've loved it even in the horrible parts I'm like very um, grateful and I can recognize I've had a very um, safe and privileged experience during the pandemic and during this time. And I don't know what else would have gotten me to stop quite like this.
1: Yeah. I think of it as right? like the great pause.
0: Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> like, hundred percent and there's this point in the journey on like the heroine's journey like kind of that they lay out where it's like you're having success in this like imbalanced like masculine way like right like you're doing your work in the world but it's coming from this place of like performance and doing and then there's this great interruption that causes you to go down into the actual like bottoming out descent process and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's what covid's been for me it's like nothing else like i was so determined to like <laughs> keep things going and had no space for it to stop and then this happened and the stopping's been the best i i mean a gift it's been a gift yeah, yeah right yeah totally
1: and and i i just I think about like having the resources that you have you mm-hmm. know and and being able to still um, pay for the things that you you need to pay for, yeah. get, get your food and like yeah. all of these things. Um, and that's that's really allowed for, in my own experience, I, I've had a similar experience where I've just had a lot of time to slow down and, mm-hmm. and fortunately have been able to get by without doing in-person work. And yeah. um. It's just been such a um like eye opening kind of uh just full of awarenesses. Like mm-hmm. and in ways that I, I wasn't expecting. And and one of yeah. the things that that came from this process was starting this podcast. You yeah. know, I I and I think there was a part of me that always wanted to to make the the leap and, and just do it and and I also was just holding myself back in 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 so many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious if if you had any similar experiences and and what maybe some of those things were that you found yourself stepping into mm-hmm. that you maybe hadn't um, before.
0: Yeah, I totally have a dream to do a podcast too. So I've, I've been I've loved watching you do this. I'm like, oh, it's so awesome! Like to make the transition to from like hands on healing work to that. It's it's big. So I'm giving you big kudos and I'm super inspired by it. Um, Yeah, totally. Um, For me, I think the really big thing has been um, tuning in more to my writing. So I've, I've always loved writing and um, I don't know if I'd consider myself a writer, like whatever that box means, but I do a lot of writing and it's opened up so much for that, and I just like I have in my phone and my notes, which is probably a terrible place to store my writing, um, you know, like on your cell phone. But like probably like a hundred different pieces that have just come through during this time, and the space has really allowed for that kind of inner voice to come out. And then my work's really shifted. You know, I was all in person, all hands on, um, for the last like two plus years, and I, it's allowed my work to evolve. So I'm starting to work more with one-on-one clients and I'm leaving room to birth like a bigger thing. And um, what I've loved about the work shifting to being virtual is like, nobody's giving away their power when they get on the table. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have that experience. Like people come in, they're like, make me feel better, you know? (laughs) Yeah, And as a healer, you're like, yeah, I can do that. Like, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of my job, you know? And as much as you can empower them and be like, you know, this is an experience generated by you and the work only goes as deep as you allow. At the end of the day, it's, it's just a, it's a power dynamic. It's a bit of a a power dynamic. And so, being able to do this um, work that I'm doing now, which I call uh, love's embrace, which is really influenced by my um, Tantra teachers Kobe Kozalski and Lauren Roche and then my open heart teacher Adam Gainsberg I just get to be me I get to like drop into this space that I love of mm. just like honesty in the heart and then sit with somebody else and I'm still holding and there is um there's kind of a, a little bit of a role in that, but it's it's just like the work is completely generated by this like co-created field of sitting with someone and talking and doing statements and being committed to honesty. And that feels so good. I'm kind of like, I I miss touching bodies because that's like such a joy and a a love of mine. And and my hands are like, oh, please let me work with someone. Mm -hmm. But this space that's opened up and the kind of To me, integrity of the work in that—it's so profound. I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to go back, or if I did do hands-on work with people, you know, it might not be until months into after doing session work or something. I've really Mm -hmm. let that go, and that's been huge and surprising. It's something I totally railed against for the first couple months of shelter-in-place.
1: It sounds like it's really um, empowering your your clients to, yeah. to like use their own like wisdom, their own abilities to mm-hmm. heal themselves, to, to really surface and, and yeah. come out and <laughs> come through.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, I always held in my sessions like that it's about Empowerment and all these things, and and that's very true. And there's just something about this shift, and somebody sitting in their space and their experience, and me sitting in mine. And while I can offer them nervous system tools or support them energetically or emotionally, like you're in your own space, you're in your own bubble, and so you have to sit with you. And I think that that experience of sitting with you through the discomfort and not being rescued by like a regulating touch or. Um, me going in and doing something emotionally, like it's really profound. Um, And for me, it's like helps us to face down, like having to be in my own aloneness during this period of time has been like probably the number one, most profound empowering healing experiences for me personally. And then to get to hold that, like what is it to be in connection and be with our also aloneness like mm-hmm. that paradox that comes out in the work is just, it's blowing my mind. I don't have a lot of words for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and ironically, I was going to ask you to speak more <laughs> to that process. Um, yeah. But I, I can also just, I, I imagine it's its like what you've already mentioned, sitting with your own discomfort, sitting mm-hmm. with... Um, the the different parts of yourself that maybe you haven't given space or time to really like be with yeah. and and find a way to have a healthier relationship uh, with with those parts mm-hmm. of yourself
0: yeah um, can I tell a little story yeah okay cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because it involves Please. an IKEA dresser um so. <laughs> So I had the experience and I'm really bad with time generally. And then during pandemic, I'm like, I have lost all track of the linear time. It was very shaky for me to begin with. And then this has really (laughs) blown it up. Um, but a couple, I guess it was maybe like a couple months ago. Um, I don't entirely know how to describe this experience, but I it was like a Tuesday night. I'm like an absolute hot mess going through grieving my separation and uh just life and um i have clean laundry all over my floor that i'm working on putting away and out of nowhere it's just like like my i can describe it as nothing else than like my heart opened and I literally had to sit on the floor amongst all my clean laundry and I was staring at my Ikea dresser in this one drawer which I can see right now (laughs) like I couldn't move from it and I had the experience of like it was the capacity to stay with me with my heart opening and looking at all of the like the deepest fear of being alone and this is going to sound like a little I mean, all of this sounds probably a little dramatic, but um, just to add a layer of drama to it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really got me that I like like, really opened my heart in this experience was like the feeling like I was dying, which like I knew I wasn't, you know, I wasn't actually dying, but it was like this gateway of like, if this, like it felt like the kind of like veil, right? Like, Like time expanded, like everything just like in that Mm -hmm. in that liminal space and there's this sense of like oh my next breath is not guaranteed and so it was like sitting with myself and choosing to stay for the fear um looking at like all of my relations like looking at you know where fear drives my relationships with family where fear of being alone drove my last partnership where where like where i've Used connection and other people, and where I'll shape shift myself, and where I'll <clears throat> reach out to get out of this. I-, I think it's really, frankly, common human experience of like the discomfort of our aloneness. And like we come in so intimately, like interwoven with another human. But at the end of the day, like. W- we are alone in our experience and we're going out with like our last breath by ourselves profoundly connected to everyone else and to in in our lives and like it was holding this paradox of like how absolutely precious and how much humans like break open my heart and how like that is the most important thing in the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then this like experience of and can i be with me Cause I was like, no one's around. I can't call anybody to rescue me right now. And I'm not gonna call in like my spiritual tools and guides. And I'm not gonna leave this experience. I'm just gonna stay <laughs> like afraid and alone and honest. And it just bottomed out into this like profound experience of love and just being like, oh, being human is all about love and all about our interdependence. And it's like not some like crazy, beautiful spiritual thing. I mean, it can be, but it's like actually really simple. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't look away from that Ikea drawer the whole time. <laughs> I like at one point tried to turn and like look at my altar and I was like, mm, all of these statues and beautiful things are totally irrelevant. This Ikea drawer, that, that's fucking real. <laughs> this experience in my heart, that's real. It's so human. That middle drawer in my dresser. <laughs>
1: Wow!
0: <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I gotta like write the IKEA makers, be like, "This is a dresser, <laughs> total piece of shit in terms of its like stability, but really, the simple design opened my heart profoundly."
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And and going through the the breakup.
0: Oh and, yeah, grief yeah. is amazing for uh, opening your heart. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Yeah,
1: and it's. I, I think about um, going through various grief processes. And Mm. uh, for me this year, there's been a a couple of pretty big ones. um, And and I imagine for you as well. And it's, you know, sometimes it just kind of hits. And I'm like (laughs) in this place where I'm like, oh my God, it's so heavy. And it's a lot to feel. And I don't even like... And at times I'm not even able to like name it. I just Mm -hmm. am like in this experience of just like, where is my sense of security and and groundedness and connection to myself and to others and in a really just integrated way. And I, you know, I, I was telling you earlier before we got on that I, I went camping uh, yeah. by myself in, in Joshua Tree. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of nervousness and there was also right. a lot of excitement. Like I, I've done one other like solo camping trip and mm-hmm. that was for my birthday last year. And and I just was like, I want to do this. You know, I there's this like longing for this experience. And yeah. before I even went... Um, I looked up just what what was going on in Joshua Tree. And one of the things was there's a lot of uh, bees out there right now.
0: Oh. And they're
1: swarming <laughs> um, cars typically uh, just because oh, wow. they're searching for water. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the campgrounds were closed. That was in the back of my mind. So that that, that mm-hmm. kind of added a little bit of nervousness going into it. Um, and then the first campground that I, I went into to kind of – just to see if this is where I wanted to camp. Like nobody else was there. And I was like, wow. I'm not ready to be like completely like by myself uh-huh. away from others <laughs> in this place. So I went to another one and it happened to be like the perfect location. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of bees, but I had gotten <laughs> there like right before sunset. And once once sunset, it, uh, it, the bees kind of went to sleep. So. Mm. Yeah that that process of kind of sitting in the discomfort of, of being alone um yeah. and and then coming to this like realization that I'm not necessarily alone like there's like all these living things exactly. surrounding me and yeah. I'm connected to that and I really like mm-hmm. I was in so much awe of the beauty of Nature there, and and looking up at the sky for hours, and just yeah. laying there and feeling so safe and so held by nature.
0: Yes, I love just that. Like,
1: whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like when we're willing, it, it's just God—the kind of intimacy with life that's like always there, right? Through nature, through other people, through the bees, like through the stars. And it, for, for me, it's like this paradox of where I need to be able to anchor and hold myself and like be okay with being alone so that I'm not using connection to get out of discomfort or feelings or whatever. But also like how I never am, right? Whether it's because like love is holding me or the trees or the stars or like another human in a conversation. And I don't know if, you've had this experience i'm going through this of like in connecting so deeply with others and like with with like life i have the most heart expanding and like heartbreaking experiences where it's like when i'm going into connection now with other people in particular I'm I'm receiving so much more from it than I ever have. Like I feel like I'm like actually getting the nutrients out of it and being like, oh my god! Like my friends have always been loving me this much, or like people are just like just the awe of what happens in connection. And then when I leave the connection, um, it's like it makes me even more aware of the like aloneness and longing. And then like I'm back in connection and longings, and it's like this almost like figure eight dance. Yeah. It's like through the connection, I feel the depth of my longing and the depth of my aloneness and then the depth of my not aloneness. Like I, I, that's...
1: Yeah. I, I imagine... I like really need
0: paradox. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, literally like a figure eight. Yeah. As you're
1: moving your <laughs> hands in, in figure eight or even like the infinity symbol.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. It's just both. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's a really beautiful way to to think of it and, and to just come to that realization. I yeah. I know that you had mentioned um, studying under Lauren. Um, and do you he's, know Lauren? I met him actually <gasps> when when I was at him and Camille, right? Yes. Oh yeah. my God,
0: you met both of them. Wait, you have to tell me like what was your? Can you do a Lauren Roche impression? Like what was your? Because <laughs> everybody has it. He's I. Lauren's been in my life for years. He's like a dear friend as well as my teacher. Um, and he's, <laughs> he's a trip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, so this was my, I'll tell you my experience of, of meeting them yeah. and, and then uh, our interaction afterwards, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't have an impersonation, so. You
0: got to hang out with him a little bit to be able to get, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a little Lauren Rush in a minute. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, I was down at the baths, um, mm-hmm. at, at, at Esalen mm-hmm. and, um, I I think I just had, like, the afternoon off, so I was reading a book in, in one of the, like, single tubs, and yeah. uh, I noticed him and uh, Camille, and I just, I loved watching the way that they interacted with uh, each other. I it was know. just, like, so sweet and so loving, and they both yeah. had just huge smiles. You know, a lot of people coming to Esselin and, like, getting in the baths for the first time after being away, like, there's just, like, this joy that mm-hmm. comes with it, and, yeah. and I I was I was seeing that I think and and then also just the the love like between them and I That's I just so
0: incredible I
1: was kind of like struck by it I was like wow and he was just had the biggest smile you know and when totally. he saw me he had a huge smile and was just smiling at me we didn't interact down there at the baths but um, we I, I was back up at the lodge and like by the bread bar and mm-hmm. uh, both both of them came in and they they introduced themselves and just were like, Aww. hey, you were down reading that really big book down at the bus. And I'm like, yeah, I <laughs> <that> was. <laughs> um, I had no idea he was there to, they were there to teach the workshop and mm-hmm. um, they were doing uh, a teaching on the Radiant Sutras. When
0: was this, by the way? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, it was in, uh, I think it was in February. Okay, it was this year. year. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, because I was like, maybe you were there when I was at Eslin for the first time. <laughs>
1: I, no, I think I would have remembered. I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, oh. Um, yeah. This was this was recently. So wow. that was that was my experience of them. They were both really sweet. Asked me like what I was up to there. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't I don't think they even mentioned what they were there for. But yeah. I put it together when I like. Yeah, they yeah. they did a Wednesday night presentation, and mm. so that's how I was like, oh, okay, kind of put it yeah. together.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean. I'm like looking at the Radiant Sutra as my copy of it is like, it's very old. It has plants in it actually from Esalen that I picked the first time I was there.
1: Aww. Still.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, And that's actually, it's kind of crazy. I went to Esalen over two years ago, almost probably three years ago. And I didn't know I was going to move to the Bay area and going to Esalen to study with Lauren. And I'd studied with Lauren on the East coast before. Um, I've studied with him for quite a number of years. Uh, it wound up like completely changing my life and routing me to living in the Bay area. And I had no clue. I got the cosmic two by four. Um, (laughs) Lauren put me together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, that's a much longer story, but um, Lauren Rush has completely changed my life. Um, I have never met another human like him. Hmm. I consider him to be like a fully enlightened being And my experience with Lauren Roche is that he's literally always tripping out on life. He's just like, life's a cosmic party, man. Like, get (laughs) on and ride the waves. Like, a prana shakti. And like, he's the most fascinating human to study with because he's just completely himself. And he's so in love with the text the the Bhairava Tantra that he, that he wrote the translation of, the interpretation of the Radiant Sutras.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: been studying it for something like like 30 plus years. And then he's so in love with his his wife, his partner, Camille. And I've never met a human with such just devotion, like streaming through him as a current. And also I've never met someone that is like, I don't know if it's from the, it's because I'm from the East coast, but like more Californian in my entire life. And I say that like as the highest compliment, like the man was literally gestated on like a surfboard. Like (laughs) his parents were like, these like California hit. Like he grew up like on the beach surfing every day. Like he's, he's a fascinating human. I feel so lucky to, have him as a part of my life and, um, to have had the gift of studying with him. And I'm really hoping to see them in person again soon, hopefully at Aslan in the baths.
1: Yeah. I can tell that they've definitely impacted you. Oh in yeah. A huge way.
0: <laughs> Sutra 26. Cause completely changed my life.
1: Can you share that? Do you mind?
0: Oh, I have it memorized. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it starts off, the one who is a play everywhere says, There's a space in the heart where everything meets. Come here if you want to find me. Mind, senses, soul, eternity is here. Are you here? Enter the bowl of vastness that is the heart and listen to the song that is always resonating. Give yourself to it with total abandon quiet ecstasy is here and a steady, regal sense of resting in the perfect spot. You who are the embodiment of blessing, once you know the way, the nature of attention will call you to return. Again and again, answer the call and be saturated with knowing that I belong here. I am at home. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful.
0: <sighs> so my teacher Kobe read that sutra probably like seven or eight years ago in in this training I wound up in with her. This is like before I'd been like practicing yoga, but this is before I kind of like got on the the spiritual path, whatever that means. And it, the experience I had was like that sutra I think I just instantly started crying, (laughs) which is very common for me now. (laughs) Just cry all the time. Um, But it was like, it leapt into my heart and I would just like hear it. Like it would literally be like that. Listen to the song that is always resonating. And like, I can have, I, I cannot put it into words or describe it, but like it, it is like, it has lived inside of me and been my teacher. And one of the things that Lauren writes about in this in the sutras and actually um, he writes about it from his perspective but it's also a part of the translation of the text is is Bhairava the the masculine consciousness at one point says in the as he's giving the teachings like even just one of these sutras like allowing it to change your life can be the entire practice. And I'm like, oh like, again, it continues to and sutra 26 is it's how I met Matt, like literally, like we sat down and had tea and started talking. And I was like, what's your favorite sutra? And he just goes, the one who's at play everywhere says, And I was like, I just wow. instantly fell in love. Yeah. And like, it's been a part of my work. It's like something I read to clients. It's often something I read to in ceremony. And it just like, Lauren tells these stories of being woken up at like four in the morning by the sutras, like calling to him. And he'll just like get up and write and move with them. And that's kind of what Sutra 26 has been for me. It's just like, it's like I can feel it like moving in my body and it's, I, yeah, it's completely changed my world. So I have nothing but the like deepest wellspring of gratitude for that man and that lineage yeah, yeah and that text. And just like, Oh, your life can be changed by a, by a a sutra a poem you know Mm -hmm. not a poem but like it's more than that but yeah and you never know what that thing is going to be
1: I um you you reminded me of of what you shared earlier about like what that you've been writing and Mm. um my partner Finn who you know um he he talks about like writing these glimmers that kind of come to him and yeah. he'll he'll write them in notes similar to you like mm-hmm. on his phone and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm curious what what are like what are you finding yourself uh, writing about mm. are is it the awarenesses you're having is it is it like pertaining specifically to your life is it about yeah. other things all of the above?
0: yeah it's been really interesting because I've I've like, channeled writing so like i'll have like um a voice or an energy come through that's that's distinctly not katie riley (laughs) like that is like a bigger kind of voice so there's some of that and that's oftentimes where i write poetry from Mm -hmm. um or i write poetry from like my heart and erotic experiences there's many flavors Yeah. Um, yeah Uh, And I've been finding myself in this dance, like the glimmers that I'm having is just this like direct experience of like, uh, oh gosh, we really need a better, I need a better word than love. Like love's not a complete (laughs) enough word. I'm like, come on, there's gotta be more than four letters, but maybe on this planet, that's it. That's all we get. That's how we can it's name what it as. comes
1: us. down to. Back I know. To.
0: It's so like, and I feel <laughs> I am not feeling as cheesy anymore. I've just embraced it, but I was like, come on, I gotta write about something other than love. But like my glimmers are the like totality of love and like my heart mm. breaking open and love is consciousness. And in Tantra, we talk about um, Pranashakti, which is life force and specifically the feminine life force. And we talk about Spanda, which is the sacred tremor, the animation of, of everything. It's kind of like our entropic nature, like how we like go away from this source and move in infinite directions. And I'm I'm just writing a lot about that but from like a more personal place. Mm-hmm. So, I'm also really enjoying writing these kind of like confessionals of like sharing sharing a little bit about my story, you know, and my journey, but also like what I'm humanly doing. Like where I'm putting limits on love, where I'm scaring myself, where I'm shutting down, where I want to, you know, compartmentalize, like where I've used like love, like not love, but used relationship. Like I'm just really enjoying writing honestly, as Mm -hmm. well as like sharing these bigger awarenesses, because I think I've been writing the bigger awarenesses for a while And this really human piece is just opening up something else. So it's it's a range. It's like poetry and kind of sort of like sutras, you know. um, And then it's just like what it is for me to be human and what Mm -hmm. I'm noticing myself doing, especially in the context of limiting love.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It feels really fucking good.
1: And and doing it with integrity, you know, mm. like really being, uh, like honest and and speaking yeah. your truth.
0: Yeah, you know, honesty for me, like naming what I'm doing, is the most instant way to have connection and to be in my heart. Like honesty and not making it a problem. Like, you know, being like, oh, I'm not totally here right now, or I'm trying to limit love, or I'm doing this thing, and it's just like just such a gateway to to presence
1: definitely yeah i i mean i think about some of the struggles that i've had around just being honest with myself and, and mm. being honest with others and yeah you know it really shows up in relationships. oh yes it does
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell me more Steph.
1: <laughs> yeah um and and even like recently while well, finn has been away um and just being here on my own and and finding myself like Kind of going back into these patterns that would show up as a little kid, you know, like oh, my, yeah. my parents would be away, I'd have the house to myself. So it was just like, oh, I'm gonna do all these things. <laughs> and you know it, if I like am completely honest, like I mm-hmm. part of me really enjoys doing that. And yeah. I I also realize that it can it can really be isolating and mm-hmm. I if I don't talk about those experiences with Finn, you know, it it, it kind of creates space between us and it it can be felt and Yeah, it's all felt. It's it's been, you know, really good in in some ways to just go through this process and I don't know how many more times I'm gonna have to go through <laughs> it in my life. Uh, probably I'm sure a lot. <laughs> plenty more. Um,
0: Welcome to human earth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and I, I'm really uh, just just grateful for for that process because mm. it's I feel like it's a, a really big learning experience, and um, I'm recognizing um, where like certain things hold power in my life, and I'm choosing to give that power to those oh, things. Yeah. And I like I want to find a way to really just recognize that like that power is within me and I don't Mm -hmm. have to give it to images or or videos or other people like I can actually kind of harness that within myself and 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 I've done that and I've done that with Finn and it's just been profound and just brought Mm -hmm. us like a lot closer together um
0: yeah. I love knowing that you all have honesty as a commitment in your relationship. Cause like, I think that's like a thing where like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be honest in my relationship, which means I'm not going to like blatantly lie about stuff, mm-hmm. but the honesty of sharing like what I'm doing and, and like in that being willing to feel the impact it has on the connection. And, and I think the, the bigger piece, at least for me when I'm sharing with that level of honesty is I'm, I'm risking and willing to let myself be loved there. I'm also risking and willing to let myself be rejected there. Um, But it really is just like this game of for, for me when I'm like doing things in secret, you know, like, like we call it (laughs) self-sabotaging or like, you know, running my stories or playing some game or putting myself in the box. It's just like, Oh, I'm just limiting love. Like I just, and we have this saying in the open heart work where it's just like, I don't want to feel this. And like literally just catching how many times a day I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. Even like it when it's a good thing, like, or not a good thing, but like even when it's like love or connection, just like, nope, I don't want to feel that right now. And just being that honest about like how much or how little I'm available for connection and the Mm -hmm. honesty is immediately more connection, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, you're risking you're risking letting yourself be loved for things that you've deemed unlovable or somebody else has deemed unlovable before. And that's like, that's a huge inner child healing, right? Like not having to do our stuff in secret, but actually just being like, oh, this is me and that's okay.
1: And and having somebody to kind of hold you in that and be like, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to push you away for that. Like, I love you still and it's okay like thank you for sharing that with me yeah
0: right it's so good
1: it is I Mm -hmm. um I know that we're gonna wrap things up but I I like to ask just one final question okay um what's the biggest challenge you've been through Mm. this year
0: this year oh
1: that's or really if there's one. something in the near past or throughout your life, whatever yeah. you feel compelled to share.
0: Hmm. I think it's been, it for me, it's been multiple things, right? Um, how do I put it into words? Over and over, whether it's through trauma healing or grieving or the relationship separating or like, covid happening just like life being now recognizing that i the challenge has been recognizing that i like actually have a choice about about how i meet that and the story i make about me or not and the challenge has been continuously like allowing like oh even if that is true okay oh even if that deepest fear happens oh even if that relationship ends oh even if i can't work like choosing to stay with me and be okay with me and not make a story and not close down my heart. And that's like been the challenge. And I've had like probably, you know, a million little things in the past year and then some really big ones. Um, particularly like my relationship ending mm-hmm. being like, Oh, cause it triggered right. Like all the abandonment wounds and a million yeah. other stories yeah. and, and being able to be with that and be like, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm yes, I've never loved someone this deeply and had a partnership like this. And yes, that is ending. And in a sense, like leaving my life, right? And that's the grieving process. And like, oh, I'm still okay and I've got me mm-hmm. after, you know, very deeply for two plus years having somebody who had me. Mm-hmm. And that choice point of like, okay, you like I'll literally like walk around and like rip my solar plexus and I'm like, yeah. and I keep saying this thing of like, love isn't leaving me and I'm not leaving me. Mm. And it's like been profound practice. We literally walk around on hikes, like rubbing my little solar fluxes and belly and being like, if love isn't leaving me <laughs> and I'm not gonna leave me anymore, like I'm really committed to not abandoning myself in relationship and life. Like, mm-hmm. what do you need? And oftentimes it's just that. And mm-hmm. that's been like, I mean, I think I'm just gonna continue to be faced with like a million different little challenges. But, But yeah, recognizing that. And facing that down has been the been the biggest challenge and also like the biggest gift I've given to myself. Like love isn't leaving and I'm not leaving.
1: And you're you've found a way to kind of self resource in those moments, you know. Like yeah. somatically even like touching oh, yourself yeah. and holding and <laughs> that's one of the spots where I just put my hand there, you know? And <laughs> you're right. It's all know, the solar plexus. And it's like it's connected to my inner child. That like that's the area that I Don't I go to. Away. So
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. She hangs out in there. (laughs) Big time.
1: Aw. Thank you so much for coming on and and just sharing so much. And I wanted to, yeah, if, if... people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, where can they find you?
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you, uh, if you want to come be held by love, I don't know what else to describe my (laughs) sessions as, and you want to be more honest than you ever have in your life, but it's, it's going to be great. The honesty is great. Um, you can find me at serpentandrose.com and, um, my sessions are called loves embrace. I also just started, um, A Facebook group, which I'm going to see how it goes, called uh, Refuge, which is a place to be held by love. And I hold monthly um, online guided journeys. They're little, little like community gatherings where um, we get really honest. So there's like a bunch of prompts and you get to confess where you limit love and hide from love and what it is to be human. And then you go and you dip into that, into that kind of eternal space of being held yeah in
1: in a safe container that you super
0: safe container yeah yes (laughs) yeah totally
1: awesome thank you so much again
0: thank you so much sam i love what you're up to and thank you for bringing this into the world because we need more honest conversations like this yes yes. feels good
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sending you a lot of love thank you again
0: You too, Sam.
1: Thank you all so much for listening today. If any of you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to samsebastian.com. That's S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email. That's sam at samsebastian.com. Much love.